You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 101. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Hey moms, are you trying to break into tech? Are you wondering what skills you really need to get hired? And how those skills can be worth $45 an hour. Not that $25 an hour you thought when you first started thinking about going back to work. If so, then the UR Techie membership is for you. Our combination of courses, coaching, and community come with the mentor support you need to keep moving forward into your tech career. It's like no other membership available. We have the exact skills employers are looking for. You'll learn how to maximize your income with portfolio-ready skills that hiring managers are seeking. Not to mention the steps you can skip so you don't find yourself down that endless tech learning rabbit hole. Join me as we walk you step-by-step through the getting hired process in tech. Sign up at youartechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I can't wait to see you in our membership. Welcome to the show. Today, we're talking about a day in the life. That's basically what your work life is going to look like once you enter the workforce. And what's the day in the life of a tech life? And I want to start off by answering the question, why we're even talking about this on the podcast today? The answer is because it can feel like pretending when we're thinking about getting hired in tech. But the more that we create visual pictures in our mind, the more real the work becomes. And the more real it becomes, the less we ask ourselves, is this the right move for me? And the more we get down to the business of creating our portfolio and building our community, which are the two fundamental categories of actions that you need to take to get hired in tech. So let's dive in to what a couple of jobs may look like as you enter tech. I'm drawing on my own experiences, those of friends, podcast guests, and your techie alums to kind of build out this picture, recognizing, of course, that there are lots of different environments. So I'll just draw on those experiences and help guide you through this. And it'll kind of make sense as to how to tweak it or change it based on your environment, I think. But it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good way to, to break it down. So we recognize that not or all organizations are gonna afford you what I'm talking about, and specifically the first step, which is to start your day a certain way. So I, I understand not every organization is gonna give you this opportunity, but I think that there are more than you think that are gonna give you this opportunity to start your day this way. So if it helps you do your job better and it doesn't clash with the work routines or cycles of your work, I think you're in good territory. I think that you can pretty much assume this is going to work for you. So let's begin with how to start your day. Let's begin with how to start your day. And I encourage you to do some type of priming. I'm going to link to a Tony Robbins priming activity that I love and I coach my students on. (laughs) I'll warn you, if you're in the office, and you start doing this, people might look at you a little strange, but that's okay. I would encourage you to do it anyway. I mean, it's the best. It's Tony, right? So it's really effective. I've done it many times, but getting your mind right is super important. And 
It's really irrelevant what type of priming works for you. Test out a few. I'm also going to link to this five-minute meditation that I've done so, so many times. I could just say recite the whole thing for you. I like doing that one too. Just getting your mind right and getting kind of settling in. So I like one of those priming types of activities. And, and the point, again, is just to take a few minutes to get your mind transitioned into work so that whatever happened with you at home, with your family, your friends, or in the morning, or in your commute, if you're commuting, is just kind of laid down, and then your mind is clear to solve work challenges. The problem, if you just dive into work, is that you might have the wrong filter. Like, you might start solving the wrong challenges. You might start... So I really highly recommend that you do some type of filter. I think meditation is becoming just commonplace, so I think you're in good territory there. Next up, the next start to your day is might surprise you a little bit to hear me say this. I'm just kidding. It will not surprise you. <laughs> it's journaling. <laughs> so I really can't tell you how important journaling is, not just for you, but for everyone you interact with. Trust me, they want you to journal. The clarity of thought that comes from writing it down and from journaling, it's such a precious, beautiful thing. So and it just really makes the world a better place because if you've given yourself the time to think about a topic in a way that will help you explain it to someone else, that's com- that's improved communication, my friends. And it works with coworkers. It works with spouses and kids and friends. It just works. Journal 10 minutes. And that Tony Robbins primer is 15 minutes. And the meditation one that I meant, the five-minute meditation one that I mentioned is five minutes. So we're talking about like 15 or 25 minutes into work. It's really just a very short amount of time. And if you think I'm living in my entrepreneurial utopia of my schedule, I'm just going to tell you about a brief story that I had. This was a pretty long time ago when I was freelancing. I was attempting to schedule a meeting with our agile project manager. So he might also be called a technical lead. And and he turned me down for a meeting at that time. Even though I gave multiple suggestions, he just politely said, and honestly, he's super polite. Shout out to Tom there. He turned me down for an early morning meeting because he said that he has a routine where he gets his head on right. And could I please pick a later time? I just love that story because at the time, it never would have occurred to me to turn down a meeting so that I could spend time with myself and then tell my coworker about it. So I really appreciate the example that Tom set for me there. And I think that it's also a beautiful example. We sometimes feel selfish. Tom is very pleasant. He's a he was a pleasant person and also an excellent worker. So that example really sticks out to me as someone who is an example to be followed. And also I want to give you that example because I think it's more commonplace than you might think if you're like sitting at home with your kids or you've gotten hired but you're in a completely different work environment. If that if your work environment if what I'm saying to you sounds insane like that you could never do that. I want you to, A, check yourself, make sure that you're right, and B, consider that you're not in a great environment because you really could be in an environment where that is accepted. All right, so that's kind of the start to our mindset and getting our head on right, but what about now we're diving into the work? And so you might be, if you're in an agile environment, you might be starting off with a daily stand-up. This is another 15 minutes of 
getting our team's head on right. So if we do a daily stand-up with our team, it really should only take 15 minutes or less. Otherwise, it starts to drag everybody down. And sometimes people do them once a week or every other day. But the the whole Agile Manifesto, it was meant to be a daily stand-up. And they call it a stand-up so that now people have standing desks and we stand all day. But at the time, the concept was it's for everyone to stand up at the meeting, like don't get comfortable kind of a thing. All right. So that looks like everyone's standing up in a physical room or logging into Zoom and then answering these three questions. And yes, it can vary. There are lots of ways to go about it. But fundamentally, here's what you answer. What did I accomplish yesterday? What am I working on today? What roadblocks do I have? Those literal blockers that there's someone in that room should be able to help you remove, okay? Unless it's a personal roadblock. That's what you're answering in your stand-up. That's the beginning of your day. That's the start to your day. So let's move on to what the structure of the day will look like. And I'm going to take a look at, surprise, surprise, UX designer and then developer. So for the specific work, it will, for a UX designer, it's going to depend where you are in the sprint. And a sprint is an agile cycle, typically of two weeks, but could be four or six, depending on your environment. And that work, and it depends on what the specific work of that sprint is dedicated to. So for example, you might be doing a user research sprint that could take two weeks of activities, just spending time on that. You could be doing a design sprint that could take you know two weeks. So let's say we're in the user research one. What are you doing? You're writing user research interviews. You're finding and recruiting users. That could involve working with stakeholders, right? So if you have your customer service department, you might be working with them. It definitely will involve scheduling and conducting interviews, reviewing the interviews, making recommendations. Those are some of the daily activities. But if you're in more of the design phase of a sprint, you're designing out some flows, you might be working on user flows. What does the user see? What does the user do? Deciding on the screens and on the flow thinking creatively about your design solutions, and then updating and generating screens for your prototype. Finally, you're likely communicating with developers about design changes and providing screens to them. When you look at it from a kind of a high level, you're basically doing creative work and then collaborative work. And so embrace what that looks like and how much each of that serves you in your work style and your overall ability to add value to your company. And And that interplay, that's what you're going to be doing as a UX designer, creative work and collaborating. Let's take a look at developer and what a developer's day looks like. I'll break it down for you. But I want to start by giving you a summary quote from a podcast guest, Tanya Rasha. When I asked her what her day-to-day looks like, her, her answer was so great, so simple. Yeah, I pretty much write code every day. So don't overcomplicate it, right? As a developer, you're writing code. And what kind of code depends on a great deal about your work environment. I know some development agencies, they do not specify the stack that they're working on. Whatever language makes sense for the project and the client. Other development agencies are going to use the same code and just find customers that fit that need. So it really can vary. And then, of course, if you're in an internal position, then you're probably working in one type of stack, one type of area. Could be your expertise, may not be the the language that you learned. For the purposes of this description, we'll come back to an agile environment because that's a common place. And one key piece about agile workflow is that you choose your work. And that's often a confusing point to people new to tech. It sounds like too free or like it can't be that way, but that's actually how agile works. 
the product manager or the product owner decides on the scope of the sprint and then breaks the scope up into tasks. Those tasks are called stories. They'll add those stories to their project management software. And then the developers, and sometimes the designers too, it depends on the way that the work is broken out. They grab their story. They take the task that they want to start working on. I, I don't know. It's not usually a free-for-all in my experience. <laughs> you, you People tend to gravitate towards different work styles and they collaborate with how it's going to, how the work will be split up. But the story is like a complete piece of a task. And so one person will work on that or they'll pair up. So let's talk about a little bit about that. So you're writing code, but what does that take? Understanding the problem, understanding that story that you're understanding the problem that you're solving overall as a sprint and then specifically grabbing your piece of that. And then thinking through and creative problem solving on solving that story, you know, maybe some pseudocode or writing, writing out your thought process and your creative problem solving, then diving into the code. And that code could be you write it as an individual. You you could be a pair programmer. In episode 102, we're going to talk about, uh, I interview a couple of ladies from Menlo Innovation. So you can go to urtechie.com slash 102. If you're listening to this live, it, it won't be out yet, but it'll be out in a week. If you're listening to the you know to this after it's come out, then 102 will be up. And Menlo does a great job. They're super interesting. I think you'll find their company culture interesting. They only do pair programming. They only do pair programming. So be careful when you hear what people say about isolation of developers. They work by themselves. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. So you might work as an individual. You might always work in a pair if you work at Menlo. Or it could be pairing up portion. And that's my personal experiences is that as a developer and when I was a designer working with developers, I always saw some individual work and some pairing up. So that I think is, a, it could be any one of those, but I saw a little bit of both. I think that's something you could expect. And then of course, tracking, documenting, commenting on your code. And then what you're going to be doing is doing pull requests and, and deploying, right? The deploy is when everything goes live out into the world. So those are usually scheduled and there's some piece of testing or staging that goes in into the process, into the sprint before then. Sometimes people are deploying code every two weeks, but a lot of times that's why sprints go four or six weeks is because it's really hard to deploy a meaningful piece of code, feature fixes in two weeks. That's pretty tricky, but some people do it. Some people do it. So it just really depends on the environment that you're in and the team that you're working with. So again, with development at its core, same as UX design, you're doing creative work and collaborating. And the, cl the creative work is also problem solving. So that gives you kind of a sense of what your day-to-day, -day, and that's pretty much your day-to-day, -day, what you're doing. So another thing to note about why we're talking about this, right from the beginning, I talked about pretending. Well, the more you pretend, <laughs> practice, call it practice, the more you do that work in your day-to-day -day now as you're trying to get hired, the easier it is for you to just transition. That is why I designed my membership to do one self-selected and one quote unquote freelance, free work, and then start doing freelance work. You know, you can charge a small amount. Why? Because practicing those day-to-day -day activities as soon as possible, call it pretending if you want to, that's what's going to get you into it. And a lot of times I'll hear women say like, oh, I want to take this course, just kind of learn about it. If you want to get hired in tech, the number one thing you can do is start practicing. So listen to those, go over this if you want to, listen to those day-to-day -day tasks that I just described 
Are you doing those every day? That's going to help you. Now, I don't want you to just be an employee. I don't want you to just be a techie. I want you to be an amazing employee. I want you to be someone that someone loves to hire. If you want to make six figures, you've got to be someone who adds thinking and value to your organization. So in this a day in the life, I want to add a couple components here. I want to add some pointers and some questions to ask yourself. The first is, why are you there? <laughs> this sounds pretty esoteric, right? Why am I here? But really, what is the company at its root trying to accomplish? What are they trying to make easier or better for their customers? Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind as you're doing your work. As you show up, you are mainly trying to move projects along, right? The de- if the decisions have been made, this is what we're doing. I want you to ask yourself, are you moving this project along? Like if you take a story and you're beating your head against the wall and you're not making progress, you could beat yourself up for a while. That's ineffective, right? I want you to pause and think about why is this project not being moved forward? How can I move it forward better? Maybe you need to put a pause on that story and take another one. Maybe you need to find out what the roadblock is. It's important to consider, am I moving the project along? That's a consideration. However, there's sometimes you want to take a step back. And Whitney Johnson, this is an episode um, 95, yourtechie.com slash 95. She calls this taking a step back to slingshot into who you're meant to be. That's like a more higher level aspect. But even in your day-to-day work, sometimes we have to take a step back to level up. So you might put a pause on that story like I described. You might say, oh, I need to learn something more to do this. So think creatively and strategically about not just moving the project along, but how are you adding value to your organization? So maybe it doesn't move the project along as fast, but can you teach someone to do a piece of what you're doing? Or can you do something once and then use it again and again? So you might you might need to like document that well, think it through thoroughly, have it be a really great piece of work that you're working on, but then can you use it again to speed it up in the future? So is there a piece of your job that if you paused and you thought strategically and creatively, you might be able to add even more value to your organization than just moving the project along. So kind of think of those two things, moving the project along and then longer term value add to the company. I encourage you to look at that at least every week. Maybe every day is a little bit too much. If you're in the middle of story and you're moving along, crank it out. But are you doing both of those things? That's how you really earn that six-figure salary that you're looking for and how you become a great techie that somebody absolutely wants to hire. All right, let's close down for the night. So we kind of looked at the start of the day. We looked at what we were doing on a day-to-day basis. We took a step back to say, are we making the progress that we want? Are we adding the value? How do you close it down at the end of the night? Well, I really appreciate kind of closing the box, literally closing the computer, even restarting. And I'm not the best at this. I'm going to say shutting down the computer physically, not just closing the lid. Yeah, I'm not the best at it. But I still think it's a valuable thing to do to close it down. And here's what helps me do that. If I write down where I left off, what am I going to do? I love telling myself what to do the next day 
So I don't have to make that decision. It's one less decision I have to make. I even write myself notes like one, two, three, do this first, do the second, do this third. Not all of my work is that to do oriented, and I'm sure yours won't be either, but it is helpful if you're, if you've got these kind of out there tasks to just jot them down. Another thing to do is if you haven't solved a problem yet, write down the question that you're still thinking about. Write it down. Your brain will probably work on that in diffuse mode overnight, and you'll come back with the next day with it solved. Sometimes if we put too much pressure to really force ourselves to think about the answer, oh, I really want to solve this right now, that doesn't give us the best creative problem. So write down that question that you're going to think about overnight in the back of your brain when you're not paying attention. Don't worry, your brain will work on it in the shower or whatever. Or when you show up for work, you can think, okay, this is the problem. This is the question that I left off with. This is really what was hard for me. I think you'll find you come back to it with fresh eyes. Fresh eyes are always great. But the other benefit, of course, to closing down at night, to really shutting down that computer, is that you can be even more present with the fam. And I think that's such a huge value add that you know we all need to do that. I love telling myself clearly what to do. Also, because it helps me be honest about how much time that I have to devote to things. And what that does is it removes that I'm behind. And again, not, I'm not perfect at this, but I am always looking at what's on my calendar. How long is that taking me? Is that a reasonable amount of time? Should I add more time? Feeling like you're constantly behind, not a way to live your life, in my opinion, not a way to live your life. So you can solve that if you close things down and honestly look at, you know, what did I say I was going to do today? What did I actually get done? Was that reasonable? Maybe I need to really rethink that. And so again, when we close that down, we can be really present for those kiddo widows at the end of the night. And I think that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode, I would appreciate it so much if you would leave a review on iTunes about how this podcast has helped you and other people can benefit because they can grow their techie selves. So you are being a mentor and an inspiration. If you have a great story about how you entered tech, please add that to the review. We are all about celebrating you and your accomplishments, but it would mean so much to me if you would leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks so much for being here. I'll see you next time. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies, training, and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.